Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest, He's just made the move to being self-employed after a 35-year career in the consumer goods markets, including operating as managing director of a £40 million UK subsidiary. He's a glass-half-full kind of person, and his wife says his epitaph should read, no one can say he didn't try. Now working as a life and executive coach, he's giving back and aiming to help people achieve unfulfilled goals, which seems like a cause we can all get behind. He is Alistair Crystal. How are you doing, Alistair? Yeah, pretty good, Dan. Good. good that was take here. two, wasn't it? We did it there. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we got we there. Did. I got there. Cool. Um, well, thank you very much for coming in, first of all. Pleasure. Really appreciate it. Uh, just before we get started, your website is optimuscoachingsolutions.co.uk. It is. Optimus, O-P-T-I-M-U-S. Coaching solutions, excellent. Uh, we'll put all the links in the uh, the show notes and everything to your, your LinkedIn and Thank Twitter you. and everything. But um, yeah, right, okay. So I, I suppose firstly, congratulations on uh, you know achieving going 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 self employed and, and getting to this point where you want to do things that you want to do. So yeah. um, what what well we'll come come to it in a little bit. But what made you you know kind of want to do that in the end? It's good. it's a good question, and it's um, I think it's a trail of events uh, over the last I don't know five or ten years where I've I've worked in the same industry in some shape or form for about thirty five years, mm-hmm. and I've um, I'm not so much a process driven person; I'm a people driven person. Okay, and you know, in all that time, I've I've worked with people, I've trained, I've motivated, I've recruited, yada yada yada. It's always been people, people, people. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, when I reflect back on what I have done, the real value that I've got out of all the jobs I've done almost is getting the best out of people. Right. As opposed to processes. Okay. Some people are very process driven. Yeah. And you need a process to achieve certain results in certain circumstances. But I've always been the big, you know, the big champion of people. Okay. Get the best out of the people and you'll get so much more out of your business in a big picture scale. You'll have, you know, you'll have, um, you'll have a happy workforce. You'll have efficiencies. You'll have less ab- absenteeism, mm-hmm. more loyalty. They'll be burning in the midnight aisle for you. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And working for specific employers in the past, I've done that directly or indirectly, working with people. But actually, when I reflect on what I've done, the opportunity to go actually to go out there and and do it as the focus. Yeah. Actually helping people fulfill their unfulfilled goals or helping teams gel a little bit better because maybe the wrong people are in the wrong jobs and they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, doing profile on people in terms of color coding so you understand a, a job and a person, do they fit, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff interests me. Yeah. yeah I've been through okay. it myself. Yeah. Um, and been through a 360 review, which is a quite an interesting thing for business owners to do. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they, they then get anonymous feedback from the team. And these business owners who think they are these great champions of, of, of industry. Yeah. But they quite often wonder why are things not working right or why do so many people leave or, you know, little things like that. Yeah, yeah. But if they're actually bold enough to do a review on themselves from their own staff, the value you get from it is fantastic. Yeah, it's, amazing. It's amazing. So all that put into a package, I thought, you know, I'd really like to do that as a, as a focus for me personally. Okay. Yeah. So em- emphasis on the, the personal relationships and, and yeah. how, how to, to make the most of it. Yeah. Really. And getting the yeah. best out of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so many people in life, just in life, um, don't necessarily achieve what they want to achieve, but they don't always mm. know why they haven't achieved it. Yeah. You know, we've, uh, all, we've all got this latent ability to do more than we we're doing. Yeah. But sometimes we don't know why we're not achieving. And we're not brave enough to actually say, let's, <laughs> you know, let's try it. Let's yeah. do it a different way. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's frustrating, isn't it, to see people 
like yeah not fulfilling their potential i suppose and and their dreams and yeah that kind of thing yeah yeah it was exactly what led me to have a career exactly. change and everything i suppose exactly <laughs> you if you if you follow the dream the dream doesn't just need to be a dream it can be a reality yeah. but you need to want you need to want it mm. you need to to want to get there you know i guess we've all got aspirations and dreams in life and ambitions about I don't know, we can have material things like cars and houses and money and whatever. But actually, day to day, you've still got to somehow find a way to be doing what you want to do. Mm. That's when you get the best out of people. People are generally good at what they like to do. Mm -hmm. But in, 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 in the real world, many people are performing roles through necessity, which, mm -hmm. is, which is fair enough because that's what happens. Yeah. But sometimes an opportunity comes up to just get closer to what you want to do. Sometimes people take the opportunities, sometimes they don't. Mm, mm. You know, and, and, and all I'm going to try and do is to help people, people make that call. Yeah. And to help yeah. them achieve the unfulfilled goals. Yeah, guide them in the right sort of yeah. direction to do it's that. But, but ultimately, people need to want to do it and they need to be committed mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah, you, sure. You know, you can lead a horse to water, be a cliche, yeah. can't make it drink it. Yeah, well, you can't do the work as a coach, can you? You've got to uh, let them. Well, they, only they can do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, your your career has been in the kind of food food manufacturing. Yeah, area, consumer goods, really. I mean, consumer goods. I would say ninety yeah. percent of it has been within the food industry. So, I've worked for companies who are food manufacturers, mm -hmm. uh, companies that make uh, finished products for supermarket chains. UK. I've worked in the UK. I've worked in France. America, I've done some time in the Middle East, I've travelled around Europe quite a lot, so I've got quite a wide cultural understanding of not only business, but the different cultures in different countries. Okay. So, yeah. I've, you know, I've worked for French companies for about 17 years, and the, the culture difference between France and the UK is quite marked, as it mm -hmm. were. So there's a big difference in terms of the way that people see life. Right, okay. Um, for example, French people buy a house as a home. Okay. Yeah. Whereas the UK, historically, maybe up to the last five years, we bought it as an investment. Yeah. The French are appalled at that thought. Really? Yeah, absolutely. You go to Germany, it's, it's a different way of doing business again. It's a different way of living. Mm. Um, so I've become quite rounded in terms of having a sort of international knowledge base, if you like, in terms mm -hmm. of, of, of business. Yeah. Um, but no, I've done that. On and off for 30, 35 years, generally in food. Yeah. And I've, I've enjoyed it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's been a, if you can use the word successful, it's been a successful time because I've I've progressed and I've I've generally done roles that I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, you know? okay. You know, so you, you were you, quite high up roles then by the, the looks of things. Yeah, um, I've been, um, I've worked for, um, SMEs, I've worked for family companies, I've worked for very large international organizations. Um, the last 20 years I've been in some sort of general management role, either managing mm -hmm. director or uh, commercial director for an international, um, you know, uh, territory. So within that, I've always worked with people. Mm -hmm. So I'm still dealing with, with commercial situations in terms of negotiating and pricing and products and marketing and branding. But ultimately, the driver for me was getting the best out of people to go and achieve all these things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in, in relative terms, I suppose I was in senior roles. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't tend to see it that way in terms of, of um, hierarchy. Okay. I didn't say, oh, I'm, I'm the MD, so I'm a very important guy. Mm. Uh, I, I tend to look at it and say, if, if I'm the managing director, I can have a, a strong influence on what happens next. Mm -hmm. you know and I try and take an open view and listen to others so I would never say you know I'm the guy in charge so I'm always right yeah because I would always try and listen to other suggestions okay yeah yeah but I've got quite a quite a strong uh, character so I was never afraid to make bold decisions mm -hmm. and um, you know made loads of mistakes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> loads of mistakes in life but uh, you know Ultimately, um, I can look back on on that element of my career and say I I I've got more good than bad. 
Yeah. I added more value than took value away. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. for me, that was always a big, big drive. There was a big reason to get up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and that's, that, that's, that's really why I did it. I mean, my very first job was working for the civil service. Right. Okay. As a 17, 18 year old in Glasgow. Right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told you this before. No. I was working for the, um, the sickness benefit office in the middle of Glasgow, mm-hmm. 18 years old. And the reason I did that job is because my mother was working in that industry. And she was very successful. She was on TV. She was in newspapers. I thought, oh, this is the one for me. Right, okay, yeah. Great. Did it for two years. Got a bit sick of people picking up benches and throwing them at me. <laughs> Abusing this poor little 18-year-old kid who was sitting behind the counter, which was me. <laughs> thinking, oh, my, you know. So I decided to take a change and go into something that gave me a bit of, you know, a bit of travel, meet people, classic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Cliché stuff. Yeah. Got a company car, so I went from three and a half thousand pounds a year to six plus right. a car plus a lunch allowance. I thought I'd won the pools, <laughs> but it's just you know I decided to take a change. Yeah, yeah, and it was the right thing for me to do. And what was that first role? Sorry, the very first role was working for Kraft Foods. Okay, yeah, the big uh, dairy produce yeah. company. Okay, yeah, I was going to say um, cheese. And the reason I went there was because I knew that I would get training. Okay, as a young guy. Right. I needed training. I was, you know, I was a bit of a loose cannon. I was a maverick. I was, you know, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I thought I could conquer the world when I was 18, 20 years old. Right, okay. What thought, yeah, nothing could get my way at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> and then reality settled in. But, you know, at the, at the age of 23, I had been to every county in the UK. Right, okay. That's quite a thing to, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't think as many people can say that. Uh, uh, every county, including all Wales, Northern right. Ireland. Yeah, well, I've been every county in the UK because I was part at, of that role that you at Craft at Craft. Okay, yeah. So yeah. they employed me initially as a as a uh, was it a territory a relief salesman they called it. Mm-hmm. And basically, if somebody was sick, somebody was on holiday, because at the time salesmen used to go to supermarkets individually to the individual shop, mm-hmm. and you would do a stock and an order in the shop, and the product would be delivered to the shop from the okay. manufacturer. Nowadays, it's all central warehouse. Right, okay. So in those days, you would go around these supermarkets and deal with these fairly hostile supermarket managers who didn't like <laughs> sales reps at all. Right. Um, and one of, my, one of my challenges was the fact that invariably I was going in somewhere where the salesman had upset them. He'd, he'd caused a problem. Um, he'd, he'd, he'd filled the shop up with stock and it all went out of date. So I was right. going into a lot of hostile situations uh, <laughs> to sweep up after someone else. Right, okay. And as a young guy, that was a real... That really grounded me in many respects, walking in there, you know, cock of the north, here, here I am. <laughs> and, and the hostel managers are saying, what do you want? What do you mean, what do I want? <laughs> so so I, I learned a huge amount about yeah. life and people and business mm-hmm. as a young guy. Yeah. But I also had the support of this gigantic company. Right, okay. They trained yeah. me um, professionally in terms of processes, uh, but also how to behave in different and challenging situations. Okay. Is that yeah. where the, the kind of uh, interest in personal relationships and people kind of first came about, do you think, then? I think it probably stems from that. Yeah. I think it probably comes from um, a background as a young guy um, who, who, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I didn't think I could conquer the world, but I didn't have a lot of pressure on my shoulders at the time because I was just a young guy. Mm-hmm. I'd taken this leap of faith into a completely new career. Um, didn't actually think so much about the job, more about traveling, meeting people, getting a car, all the materialistic sort of things, if you like, that some young people might think. Yeah. But why not, you know? And it, 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 what it did was it, it, it showed me the value of learning from people that more, were more wise than me. Okay. Right. You know, I was I was working with people that had been in the job for 10, 20 years. I was dealing with people in the professional environment in terms of the shops I was going to who had been doing their job for many years. Mm-hmm. And I had to listen and learn. Right. <laughs> I had to take on board that I didn't know all. Yeah. You know, energy is one thing, but it's only ever good if you can use it properly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I learned from that that, working with people, listening to people, um, supporting people that needed your help. Even, even in those younger years, 
some of the places I went to, the people I was working with in the stores um, had problems caused by various different suppliers. Right. So I wanted to be the supplier that wasn't a problem. Okay. I wanted yeah. to go in and deal with these problems and become a, an ally, if uh, you like. Yeah. And the only way I could do that was to go in and listen and deal with it methodically, provide the solution, and, and, and in time, cure everything, if you like, mm-hmm. and build up from that. And that's what I did. And then I, uh, I moved from that role into a field sales training role. So I then, well, I was the relief salesman. I got my own territory, moved to England, mm-hmm. and then became a field sales trainer. Which mm-hmm. meant I trained the Alistairs of this world. Right, okay. <laughs> and then I became an area manager um, running a team. Yeah. So it's quite classical, really, in, in terms of progress. Yeah, yeah. But all the way through it, I was dealing with people. Yeah, okay. And I think I think that just stuck with me. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't a sitting behind a, a screen all day. Uh, I'm not an engineer where I can go into masses of detail with pinpoint accuracy on on specific detail, that's not where my strength is. Mm. Um, mm. But dealing with people, because we're all different. Yeah. That was much that more was me. It. So yeah, okay. I mean, that's, I guess that is where it all came from to answer your question eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, you, you move from there then into various different companies after craft. Yeah. Um, so after craft and it, it, it takes me a while to try and remember these things, but I, <laughs> it's so long ago, but I, I went to a, a tool company, an engineering tool company in yeah. Sheffield who, who made, um, a range of, uh, funnily enough, engineering tools. And I was there for about three years and I was, I went as an area manager, but I also sold, which meant I managed a team, but I also had customers. Right. Okay. And uh, the downside of that job, I suppose, not downside, was that the products they made were so good that they gave out lifetime guarantees, which mm-hmm. meant the customers didn't buy from you twice. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless they lost the tools. Right. Okay. <laughs> which some of these things weighed about 20 kilograms, big engineering vices. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't lose that easily. Um, so that was, that was good for me, but it was a very traditional market. Uh-huh. Um, I then went from there to... Uh, a nappy, a, a nappy producer, right? <laughs> up in the northeast, a brand called, and some of the older, some of your older listeners might be aware of a brand called Togs. Okay, Togs yeah. was a little nappy brand that tried to compete with uh, Pampers. I think that even rings a bell for me, being uh, a relative youngster. I think, <laughs> Not really, <laughs> not that young. Come on, Dan, patronise <laughs> me. Um, so they, they were um, Togs was a cracking little brand, but it was a privately owned company. Yeah. And um, the long shot of it is that Pampas decided to take the market by the storm, commoditize the brand, drop the price for two quid. Right. The retailers made a bit of noise, but then went to the smaller producers and said, you need to match this and you need to fund it. And mm-hmm. our company couldn't fund it. So right, that, okay. that, that company shut down. I then went into confectionery. Uh-huh. I worked for a, for a manufacturer down in London uh, who sold character merchandise. So you would advent calendars with Barbie on it and Thomas the Tank Engine, all okay. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that company in the end became the biggest supplier of chocolate to Marks and Spencers. Right. So it was a big, big outfit. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I went into, um, where did I go after that? I then went to um, a French company, a very big French company, uh, who are most well known for making Bon Maman jam. Mm-hmm. Good um, jam. But this company was, uh, it was gigantic. It was a two and a half billion euro privately owned uh, fruit transformation companies. That's how they deemed themselves. Fruit transformation. Yeah. So anything that was fruit, they made it into food. So you could have fruit juice, you could have jam, you could have yogurts, you could have desserts. Yeah, yeah. Um, They even had biscuits with fruit on it, all that kind of stuff. And I joined that company as a sales manager and then became in time managing director. Took the company from five million to about forty million in ten years, wow. which was great. When I started off on day one, there was one employee in the UK, and that was me. Yeah. And when I eventually moved on, uh, about nine years, ten years later, we had thirty-five to forty employees. Wow. So okay. you know that was a really good <laughs> time for me in terms of the people thing, but also understanding yeah. business and yeah, taking a business from a small base, um, selling products into different categories. Yeah. Because it wasn't just jam. And then after that, I went into a non-food 
business working in the electrical industry or the home safety. I was working with smoke alarms and carbon monoxide alarms. Okay. okay. And I was there for about four years. And then I had a little spell as MD of a sales agency who represented small niche brands. Right. Trying to get into supermarkets in the UK. Mm-hmm. And the, excuse me, the reason that I, I moved from one job to the other in that case, again, the, the, the industrial side of the smoke alarm business was a bit too sterile for me. Mm-hmm. Very traditional, mm-hmm. even though it's ironically very advanced thinking technology that makes these products work. Yeah. The management of the company were a bit old hat. We've never right, done yeah. it this way before. Um, and I needed just fresh challenges, really. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went to this little agency and uh, worked for a chap who used to be the managing director of Waitrose mm-hmm. as a group, Waitrose. Right. Big profile in the grocery industry, a guy called Stephen Asel. Very, very sharp guy. And then from there, I was poached and uh, joined a, a, a fresh food company in another French fresh mm-hmm. food company. Right. A company called Creline, who are part of the same group as Florette Salads. Okay. Most people know Florette. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're part of a giant um, European organization called Agrial. Right. Turns okay. over about six billion. Wow. And my job within that is was a commercial director for the UK and Ireland and also working within the French market. Okay. Okay. So uh, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> you, 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 because it's quite a few jobs, but it's over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a fairly consistent theme through the jobs that I was dealing with consumer goods. I was dealing with people. All yeah, the roles yeah. I had, in some shape or form, meant that I was either recruiting, motivating, training, or or managing a team of people in different areas as well. So I wasn't just I wasn't just working with salesmen. I was doing marketing. I was doing IT. I was doing logistics. So I was, you know, I was, I was learning um, skills in new areas of a business's function that I hadn't really thought about. Yeah, yeah. We had to go and we, we bought a new office. I was, you know, I had to sign the papers for that. I'd never done that from a commercial point of view. <laughs> yeah, an office yeah. big enough for 40 people. Yeah, yeah. I'd never, I'd never done that. <laughs> yeah, so I learned a lot of really interesting things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And I enjoyed that. But, you know, over the... Over the, the 30 to 35 years, it was a, an awful lot of good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, that's cool. Uh, I just um, just picked up on the, the subsidiary of, the, of Bon Man that you're working for, how they called themselves a, a fruit transformation company. Yeah. I like that. It's kind of, it's a little bit like that thing of having a, a vision or a mission, isn't it, rather than having a specific thing that you do. Well, it's, it was a great... It was a great line they had, and when we were to see the nature of the business, you might say a generic engineering company or, you know, drink producer. Yeah. Their line was fruit transformation. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, because it leaves it nice and wide open, yeah. but it's also quite specific at the same time. Well, it was part of the strategy. The strategy was to move into other food areas using fruit as the core component. Okay. And yeah. And... And also try and follow trends of consumers changing habits. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you go back, you know, we've now got the five a day that we've been talking about now, I don't know how long, 10 years, 15 years. I mean, it's, it's longer than that, I do, reckon, hasn't do, it? I don't know. <laughs> do any of us actually do it? Yeah, of course we do. Um, but, you know, f- fruit, is a big, fruit is a big thing that's going through uh, highs and lows because at one point there was a campaign about fruit, oh, there's too much natural sugar in fruit. Yeah. How can fruit be bad for you? You you wonder, don't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you then become knowledgeable about um, the use of fruit and fructose, which is the sugar from fruit, and then the balance and um, so your knowledge of the whole um, ethos of the business becomes much wider and deeper uh-huh. because the company still had a very specific message they wanted to present, which was about health and about being good for you and. But you had okay. to know these, not the darker side, but you had to understand the whole, both sides of the argument. Although mm. I always find it slightly bizarre that people say, oh, too much fruit is bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're eating bananas, you know, like a monkey. I know, I've never got that either. You know, <laughs> it's just like, so, eat, the, eat the fruit. <laughs> so the, the fruit transformation um, message was a, was a very powerful message because it left yeah. the door open. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very clever. But there was it always seems- fruit in it. There's always fruit, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and not Verge. <laughs> well, no, it's no. Well, my, you know, the last draw with um, with the uh, with Agriel, uh was Verge. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, gone, gone, gone to the the dark side. I've gone, I've gone, I've gone to the you know five a day. So no, ironically, um, when I was at when I was at Andros, I didn't eat jam, which is a shame because Bumble jam is lovely, and now I eat jam and I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to you don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the veg the veg side is uh it's you know, these these are growing territories, growing growing areas. Is that a joke or is that just a fact? <laughs> could be a lime we could use, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's use a lime. The fruit fruit and veg industries are growing industry. Well actually the, 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 the business um within Agrial, the company's called Creolene, yeah. is actually part of the fruit and veg division. Okay. So we have we have fruit, we have vegetables. There's also meat. There's dairy products. So it's a farmers' cooperative. Okay, right. Okay. Which is which is where the sort of vegetable element comes from, I guess, because right, all the okay. products that the company would sell are supplied by members of the cooperative. Okay. They're, they're produced by right. farmers. Okay, okay. So yes, I've done. I've done fruit. I've done veg. <laughs> done we've nappies. Done, we've done confectionery. We've done nappies. <laughs> we've done smoke alarms. And now. You're, uh, you're you're helping other people to yeah find their way and 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 find what they want to do. Well, now it's now it's so much uh, now it's a, a slightly different case in the respect that whereas previously I would be looking at a specific cause um, um, topic in terms of the company I was representing, so it could be fruit, it could be veg, whatever it would be. Mm. Um, now it's about the people. Mm-hmm. And if somebody has a specific penchant to go into um, fruit and veg as a commercial person, then yeah, of course I can help them with that. But it's yeah. it's more about supporting people and businesses um, achieve the goals that they haven't achieved yet. Okay. Because yeah, you know I've 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 long believed, and you know I've said this today that people for me are always the most important part of a business. That's mm-hmm. just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, decisions are made by people. Um, um, you you can get enthusiasm going to working, seeing people working with people you want to be with. Equally, you can get the other side, which is you don't want to go work because yeah, something's because not right. Because of people, but it's yeah. I mean, there's nothing else, is there? Apart from if you took all the people out of a business, there's no business, is there? So exactly, <laughs> and I and I. So my 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 big picture view now is is about working with and enabling people. Really, yeah. Now, whether that's uh, the individual who has got a career crossroads I've come to, yeah. not really sure what they want to do, maybe in their 40s and they think, do you know what, I've been doing this for long enough. don't yeah. really want to do it, but I don't know how to change. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think they know what they want to do, but they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. But actually, deep down they probably do, they just they just haven't made that jump yet. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. if you break it down, okay. sometimes very often, very very often, the the answer to a question locks within, mm-hmm. but people don't necessarily want to come out with the answer. They don't even know why they know the answer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think if I think if more people were to understand what their own core values are and their own real beliefs and their limiting beliefs, things mm-hmm. that have happened for years that people have said, "Oh, you can't do this because you're rubbish at it." Yeah, you're rubbish at it. You know, all my life I was um, told that I wasn't very good at football. Yeah. That's because I was playing against guys that were playing for semi-professional teams when I was a kid. <laughs> so, of course, I looked rubbish. Cause I, <laughs> but actually, against the guy in the street, I was quite a good player. Yeah, yeah. But I had this thing in my head that said, no, you're not very good, you're not very good. So I never really expanded on it. Right, okay. And I think lots of people have got limiting beliefs in their minds that they don't do things because... Somewhere historically, they've got this implanted thought that says, well, you can't do that because you're not very good at it. Mm. You'll, you'll never succeed. Yeah, I, yeah, that's interesting. I was chatting about that to our mutual friend, Lucas North, oh, yes, the other yes. day because, yeah, he was giving me some help with writing and a uh, fantastic little writing workshop I did with him, actually. And um, I was saying to him, like, at school, I, I, I was no good at English. Like, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to do it. So just always had that thing in my head of like, I can't write. It's not, not what I do. And um, he kindly said that my writing was actually all right and stuff. And so I just sort of s- tried to turn it around in my head a little bit. But it's, it's the same thing. It's that 
Yeah, limited belief. In your background, yeah. you've been led to believe you're not good at writing. Yeah. And yeah. actually, in the foreground, you might be saying, you know, I don't think I'm that bad at writing, but yeah, I just can't do it because you've got this yeah. lingering belief that's yeah. in there from somewhere. And it can be family, it can be friends, it can be teachers from school, it can be teachers from primary school, it can go back that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of your know, limiting belief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, you know, I've had the chance to have a good look at myself in life. And I think that um, now that I've got a better understanding of what my own core values are, yeah, um, which is about integrity and honesty and, you know, lots of things, um, I've got a much better idea how I can help other people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you if I said to you now, what are your top three core values? What would you say? What would I say? Uh, I'd say, first of all, I'd say they're not written down anywhere, so I can't draw on them no. very quickly. <laughs> nope. But uh, I'd probably say uh, family, honesty, and rather value. See, it's a good question. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And, and, and if, <laughs> you actually, if you actually think about it, so family is not necessarily a value. It's what the family does for you that's the value. Okay. So okay. Is, is the value to you security? Is it love? Is it support? Okay. What, what's the thing that's most important to you? The family provide all that, or they can provide that, or that's yeah. the element that you focus those values onto. Yeah. But honestly, it's a very... Um, uh, is a very common value, people. Right. That, you know, but is honesty more important than integrity? Yeah. For okay. example, yeah, is integrity more important than respect? Mm. And when you actually break them down and you dig into it, you find out what's really important to you because honesty and and integrity are not necessarily the same thing. Okay. You know, I was I was taught that integrity. This is an interesting little line. It's doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Okay. Yeah, I like so that. So you continue yeah. to do the right thing. Nobody's watching. You're not doing it for show. You're not doing it to impress somebody. You're yeah. doing it because you believe it's the right thing to do. Yeah. When it's honesty, you're telling the truth at all times. Yeah. But you put the two together, they're not necessarily yeah. the same thing. Yeah, subtly different, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, okay. And when people understand what their, their core values are, they yeah. will then have a much uh, more deep-rooted belief about what they want to go and do okay, and so, why they're going to do it and why they haven't done it up till now, like so, your writing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you didn't think you are a good writer. Everything I've seen you write is very good. Yeah, so the stuff it's... I say, your website is good. Oh, you might have had help. doesn't matter. You know, you've, I've, 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 I've seen your, I've seen your, uh, your communications. Easy, mm. smooth, clear. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe Lucas would say, well, it's not a professional writer. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But somebody somewhere has made you believe you're not a good writer. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Like me with my football. Yeah, yeah. They're probably right, actually. Probably mm. that's rubbish. Now I think about it, it's uh, it's even more ridiculous because, like, it, you know, I was I, I was all right at GCSE level. I got, like, I got six A's and then I got three B's and my yeah. B's were, like, English language, English literature. But it's, like, it's still a B. It's not that bad. Well, it's it it's but, funny, but, I'll think. But somewhere in your mind, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been planted, you are not good at writing, to the point yeah. where you might not even volunteer it if you were in a, a group situation you had to, had yeah. to write. Lucas does it for profession. Obviously, he's very good. That doesn't mean that you couldn't do something. Yeah. But yeah. somebody somewhere has said, do you know what, Dan? You're not very yeah, good at writing. I yeah. use those words, but that's just the thought you've got. And we've yeah. all got limiting beliefs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We've all got them. So can you help people to discover their core values and yes. and, and uncover their limiting beliefs? Then? Absolutely. Is that part the, of what you do? Yeah. The, the direct answer is yes. Um, mm. and, and, and you do it, and it's, it's um, the, key, the key to achieving that for anybody is for them to, first of all, be committed to being open and honest with you and working mm-hmm. with you. So yeah. if you're working with somebody as a coach, um, there needs to be a, a working relationship of trust and respect on both sides. Yeah. You know, sure. there needs to be openness. A uh, professional coach will not compromise uh, your values or the individual in any shape or form. Certainly mm-hmm. shouldn't. Uh, but it's an opportunity for the individual to actually examine themselves, if you like, 
and and think about themselves what's important what really is important to me yes i go home and i provide money and i do this and i do that um but in terms of what's important to that individual going ahead very often people don't the other don't know they don't want to say mm-hmm. but in that in that in that environment when you've got the opportunity to talk openly and and examine yourself using certain tools to do it as well mm. which value is important which one's less important measure them against each other and eventually you come up with a list of all the important values mm-hmm. there is quite a systematic way of doing it okay um you then you then realize that maybe i'm not in the right type of job or i'm not living in the right way or i'm not i wouldn't say i'm not with the right person mm. but you know you, it, it can change the way that you see certain parts of your life Okay, so including the work that you do and everything. So if I was to, yeah, if someone was to discover their core values and then maybe look at their own business and yeah. help, would that help them sort of decide on the direction maybe that they want to take the business? Absolutely, it could do. It may, um, it could affect. You know, to, to some people, um, a core value can be achievement. Right. So okay. I guess we've all met people at some stage of our life where we might use the word ruthless. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, to somebody like that, success and achievement may be their number one core value. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it could be. Uh, to other people who might be on paper less successful, loyalty might be their core value. Mm-hmm. So they make decisions in the business that don't necessarily grow the business the same way as the, the ruthless, inverted commas, mm-hmm. individual would. Uh, but they feel better with themselves because they're being loyal to people that have worked for the company for five or 10 years and they don't want to get rid of them, even though they're not doing the job, blah, blah, blah. What you should do in a situation like that is get support for the individual who's maybe not performing for whatever the reasons might be. Mm. So the, the person with the core value of loyalty will have a, a different spin on what's important to them as compared to the guy or the girl who um, success and achievement and even money you know, mm. the success and, and, and stardom, if you like, as if they, they want to be well-known as big, successful people. And I think we've all met people, I've certainly worked for at least one along the way, it was all about achievement, it was all about success, it was all about people saying, oh, he's done well, isn't he? Mm. Isn't he done well? And because he, he perceived success being big car, big house, mm-hmm. money, and, and that's how a lot of people measure success. Yeah. But the guy that's sitting next to him, who's sitting there much more relaxed, much happier, much more content, <laughs> going home at night, sleeps well, doesn't look 60 when he's only 40. Yeah. Is he not the most successful of the two? Yeah. It, and it depends what's important to you. Yeah, yeah. To sure. some people, you've used family as an example. You know, the, 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 the core of a family is, can be what it's all about. But is it about providing for them? Is it about supporting them? Is it about getting love from them? Mm-hmm. Whereas to the achievement person, money, status, yeah, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's true, isn't it? And it's sort of that thing of uh, comparison as well. When you, you know, we all compare. It's kind of a natural yeah. thing to do, which I'm trying to get away from because it's it's toxic, really, isn't it? But it's very. You it's, can look at it's, someone. It's very difficult sometimes to 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 not compare against peers. Yeah, because that can also that can be the yardstick by which we, until we know what we really really want, mm. by which we measure success. It in business tends to be financially or status or uh, or or growth in terms of of I don't know revenue or number of people. Mm. You know, it's um, it, it it's a difficult one really for for a lot of people because. Success means one thing to me and it means another thing to you. Yeah, yeah. But it's understanding what success would look like. What, what would, yeah. you know, if I said to you, what would success look like for you? What would the answer be? Uh, I think it'd probably be, it, it'd probably be a combination of having my family, you know, having a, having a, a loving, good relationship with my family. Yep. And also having the financial freedom to live in the way that we want to yeah so i think i think those two things combined and and the working i suppose on the work side it would be doing the work that i 
you know love doing every day and uh, yeah. you know want to get up to do yeah so. and and so so there you've got a classic case of what the family does for you will help you break down your values mm-hmm. and your values could be love will be a very high one because of the yeah. family but security could also be um a value that's been important to you protection right. might be a value that's important to you right um success well you could argue that success would be the family being being happy and being comfortable and and being you know united as it were yeah and together and spending time with the family so success for you wouldn't necessarily be the brand new bmw parts outside success for you is a happy family at home yeah what yeah. do you need to do to achieve that what yeah. you know it's not a loaded question to you because you're doing it but you know, to, to lots of people if you know what it is you really want to get to and you want to achieve do you know how you're going to get there yeah yeah and a lot of people say, well, you know, I'll keep working away and I'll learn all this money and I'll do all that. Is it making you happy? Well, you know, I'm earning good money, but I'm not sleeping at night. And what else does that do? Well, you know, um, you might be having arguments or yeah, whatever it yeah, might be. Yeah. They need to understand what it is that's important to them, what, yeah. they, what they're doing it for. Yeah. I think. Can your values, could, could, could values or what people think are their values like actually be kind of excuses for not doing things though as well because you mentioned loyalty before and I sort of thought of the example of someone that you know says they're very loyal and therefore couldn't leave their position to go and do what they want because they'd feel like they were letting their employer down or something like that but yet they would argue that they're they're loyal and therefore they can't that's a good that's a good question I would I would suggest it's probably deeper than that um, yeah. I think it's not. Uh, I think the the loyalty is probably a camouflage, using mm-hmm. loyalty as their, um, as their value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possibly a camouflage to something else. Then why is it they don't want to leave? You know why? So to 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 use the example, you don't want to leave somebody because you might leave them in the lodge. For example. Mm. Um, is loyalty and then but but what 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 that that, that might loyalty might be um loyalty might be a value you've got but then if you were to say are you more loyal to the employer or to your family to for example mm. if you're being loyal to the employer you may not be being loyal to your family mm. because the loyalty to your family might be better achieved by you changing job going to the other job that's mm. going to provide more for your family and make you happy. Because if you're dealing with these demons at work, you're working for this person that you don't want to really be there, but you're staying there because you think, well, I shouldn't, you know, don't want to leave them. Yeah. Somewhere along the lines, that's going to have an impact. Mm. Yeah, whether yeah. it's on family, whether it's on your own personal time, doing things you want to do. So the core value is probably not, probably not loyalty. Mm. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. But it probably isn't. Okay, yeah. It, you know, it, it could be um, in an instance like that, um, trying to think what what would be the 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 direct comparable. So, if if you are uh, being loyal to a person at work, then um, you're doing that because you believe you should support that person. Mm-hmm. But equally, at the same time, you might not be supporting some something else. So, if you wanted to change a job, for example, yeah. but you didn't do it. Well, let's let's you let's use an example. If you were in that position and you were not leaving a job because of somebody, but you wanted to go and do another job. Mm. Which of the two would be more important to you? Well, for me, it'd be going and doing the other job. <laughs> there you go. So loyalty yeah. then is not the, for you, Yeah. loyalty to that person, um, to the individual we're talking about, you could, you could say, well, yeah, they are being uh, loyal. They're being loyal, but it's, they have to deal with the, the fallout as a result of that. Mm. I suppose you, you could argue that by leaving, you're being loyal to them because you're removing yourself from something that you're not behind and, that, and leave, leaving the way for someone else to come and do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be better for them. Yeah. In the know, long run, I, I, I guess there's no, <laughs> there's no uh, one answer fixes all no, no, solution no. to these things. And I think the, the point is that we're all different people. We all have different perspectives on things. We all value things differently. Yeah. We all have different beliefs as well. You know, I'm, I'm funnily enough, actually, loyalty is something that's, that's, um, that's important to me. 
but love is probably stronger for me than loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, I mean, so hell of my wife, I love my wife. Um, do practically anything for her. Yeah. Um, I'm very loyal to her, but I love her more than I'm loyal to, if that makes sense. Um, no. Okay. So <laughs> if, if, if I'm, lo- you know, loyalty, so I would, um, I'll be very, I'll be very, I'll be very loyal to Helen. But the one thing I wouldn't want to do is damage the love that I've got for Helen. Okay. Right. So um, by being loyal to her, and I'm talking about loyal, um, probably going around the circle slightly here. The most important thing for me would be to not lose the love of Helen. Yeah. Okay. I think That'd I see what you're saying. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to come up with a specific example, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Line, so if you said to me, what's, what's more important to your love of loyalty? Yeah. then I might say, well, I can be loyal to a guy at work. To use the example that, mm. that, that you've got. But actually, what's more important to me is love to my wife and family. Yeah. yeah so okay. yes, loyalty would be a value that I value highly, mm. but actually love specifically would be much more acute for me. Mm. That's mm. more important to me. Uh, the other, the other uh, value that I personally have got is fairness. I'm very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to the point where Helen will say, "Will you stop being so fair all the time to people? <laughs> stop! <laughs> You're always fair to people, and I don't like it." <laughs> but she doesn't mean she doesn't like it. She just sometimes I make decisions that might be slightly worse off for us. Okay. Um, I try to think of an example again. If 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 I had to split something with somebody. Let's call it money for the sake of something we can measure. Yeah. Um, she may say, well, you know, you've put into quarters of the effort, so you should begin yeah. the quarters of the yeah. money. And I would say, well, no, because the agreement in the first instance was it would be 50-50. Yeah. Since then, I might have put more effort in than the other person, but the agreement was 50-50. And to yeah. be fair, in my, in my view, and, and, and integrity is a big thing for me as well, you should do the right thing. And the right thing is to do what we agreed to in the first place. Yeah. That's 50-50. If I chose to put more effort into it than the other person, it's my choice. Yeah, yeah. But okay. the deal was 50-50. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And if if I split that so it went 70-30, that would sit uncomfortable with me personally. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Makes and that that's tends to be the way that I sort of see these things. Because mm, okay. it's never that black and white. Yeah, yeah. Because that black and white. Life would be a piece of cake. <laughs> it's true. That was the other thing I was thinking of splitting would be cake. Anyway. <laughs> would you take more than 50% of it? Well, it would be difficult when it comes to cake, wouldn't it? <laughs> to be fair. Indiv- yeah, individual cakes. <laughs> so the other part of what you're doing now is executive coaching. Yes. Okay, so t- tell us about that. That's going in and, and helping teams or management. Or- yeah. Um, so the... The plan is 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 very much about working with either individuals who are at a any you know a, a crossroads in terms of the career. So that could be that's um, sort of career coaching if you like, but in terms of of um, coaching businesses, it's working with business owners to get the best out of their team. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be going in to tell a photographer how to take pictures, for example, mm-hmm. uh, but you might have um, six or seven people working for you, and you say, I'm not getting the best out of the team. Mm. Um, and that's probably what I could could add value to you in terms of working with the individuals to make sure you've got the right people and the right jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, because in business, every individual and every job has a profile which can be measured using colors. Mm-hmm. Okay. And quite often you can use those colors to get a, a, a general profile of a role and you get the general profile of an individual. And if one fits the other, you've got the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, give you a, a specific example of that. Within color coding, you can have four colors that represent behaviors okay. within people. So you can have red, which is fiery and you know very dominant. I'm the director. I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. You've got yellow, team player, sees the big picture. You've got the green, the caring, sharing person. And you've got blue, the heavy detail person, the one mm-hmm. that loves the detail. Mm-hmm. The yellow person, which is the, the team player and the sales guy, and the blue person, the accountant, generally don't go on. Right. <laughs> one loves detail. One loves 
minuscule information. Yeah. The other one likes the big picture and very often yeah. leaves a trail of devastation behind <laughs> because they don't do the detail. Yeah. yeah. So if you had somebody who was um, this yellow type person in mm. an accountant's role, I'm, I'm generalizing, yeah, so it's sure. not specific. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't work. Okay. Yeah. If you have somebody who's very heavy blue in a salesman's job, Mm. They need a big character. They need to 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 not be specific. They need to be flexible on the feet. Need to think out loud and mm. see a big picture. Then the person that likes absolute detail might struggle with that. Mm. Might struggle with that. Mm -hmm. However, if you have somebody who's heavy blue looking at a, an FD's job or an accountant's role, mm. they like detail. They like timings. They like everything to be precise and exact. You've got the mm. right person in the right job. Mm -hmm. Lots of employers employ people without using any sort of scientific method, if you like, mm -hmm. analyzing people. And it quite often can be after the horse has bolted to think, it's not quite working right here. I wonder why that is. Right, yeah. I'm quite sure how to do it. And you can use the process of the color coding to have a look at people's um, fit to a role mm -hmm. and, and people's fit to a company. Mm -hmm. um, because different companies have different cultures. Mm -hmm. I I was lucky enough to visit the Innocent Drinks head office many years ago. Oh yeah, cool. These guys are barking. I mean, it was just <laughs> wow. I seen that on a there's a Peter Jones documentary where he goes and uh, visits the Innocent Incredible. Innocent headquarters. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Marketing <laughs> manager had an airplane wing above his desk <laughs> because apparently it helped him think. <laughs> Tried that one at home, didn't work in my <laughs> So you know, so that was that was a company uh full of um very lateral thinking people. Yeah. But if you get too many of them all thinking the same way, you can have chaos. Right, okay. All these ideas at some point you've got to pull it all together and execute a plan. Yeah. And I when I look at that type of scenario, um it's it's a coach's dream in one respect if the employer is committed to investing in the people, mm -hmm. and I think that by using these 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 the color coding is just one way of doing it, um, getting the person to fit the job and the job to fit the person. But you can also do it before you actually employ somebody, mm -hmm. so okay. you can have a profile of the role itself and say, well, this job's going to have more attention to detail, or it's going to have they're going to have to make big decisions, which is red. Mm -hmm. Or they're going to have to be very compassionate to the feelings for others, which mm -hmm. is green. Mm -hmm. So um, HR people tend to be green, right? Okay. Because they care. Yeah, they care about people. Uh, they've also got a bit of blue because they like the detail. Okay, they like yeah. the detail. Um, not so much red. They tend to leave that to the MD or the uh, you know the person in charge, the one that bangs the desk and says, "Make these decisions." <laughs> um, and there are some classic. Um, you, you just you take this analogy though. This this. this this description of giving you, even thinking about this, you can probably think of people that fit those details. Mm -hmm. So a red guy, um, someone who's very, very red, probably somebody like Philip Green. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's never wrong, so he thinks. Sorry, Philip, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> makes, makes these big, bold decisions all about him, all about, you know, rules yeah. with a rod of, you know, yeah. of iron as it were. And then you have other more compassionate people with a lot of red, but some yellow. So somebody like Richard Branson mm -hmm. likes the big team thing, likes the, the big picture, likes people to intermingle and talk to each other. But equally, he's made some pretty big, bold decisions in his life. Mm -hmm. So he's got a mixture of red and yellow. Mm -hmm. okay. Then you have guys that have got a lot of blue, probably yeah. somebody like Bill Gates. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. he's a, you know, he's, he's a, he's a, What's the right term for him? Developer? What is mm -hmm. it? You know, yeah. so so it's, he, he's an ideas guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Elon Musk, he would be an interesting one to look at. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. I think Musk would be one of those unusual combinations of red and blue. Right. Okay. So a very dominant guy, but likes the detail. Okay. And and that's quite unusual. Mm. So if, right. so using using that process, if you like. Yeah. Um, and scientific tools. It's, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not just making it up. 
yeah. it's a it's a it's a form of psychometric um questioning just to get an understanding of the individual mm-hmm. and they can only work if they do it honestly mm, but they sure. can trip themselves up as well yeah if, if they try and answer the question the way they think you want to hear it yeah it's the classic 20 <laughs> questions later ask the same question but in a different way right okay yeah, yeah. you can do that yeah and the other thing in terms of of business coaching one thing that we can do is um provide 360 degree reviews on employers okay yeah yeah you know you get the guy who thinks he's getting it all right but he doesn't understand why he keeps losing a <laughs> member of staff every four months yeah yeah because it's all their fault it's not his or hers yeah very often getting feedback from the team is the best way to understand what they think of you and where are your own weaknesses where are your own faults yeah okay now, i've had it done to me yeah and I had it done when I was when I was working for the the agency that I told you about, mm. and it's a really eye opening experience. Yeah, but yeah, you know you <laughs> you have a you have a view of yourself, and then you ask twenty members of staff, "What do you think of this guy?" <laughs> Anonymously, and, and it's anonymous. It's very very important. It's <laughs> yeah, very important. Yeah, it's anonymous. Sure, yeah. Otherwise, they, they won't answer honestly. Yeah, yeah, of course. The key to it is um, making sure that people can answer anonymously. Mm. And making sure that the recipient of the feedback, i.e., the the business owner or whoever whoever it is, it could just be a line manager yeah. managing people, yeah, yeah, is open and receptive to whatever feedback comes back. Yeah, okay. If there is a constant theme of feedback, and it could be, it could be emotionally led or it could be rationally led. So mm-hmm. emotionally would be, it's quite clear they don't like you because you're aggressive or whatever. Yeah. Or it could be rationally read that says. Your attention to detail is rubbish. Everybody says that. Right. So you can learn a lot from it. Yeah. And then you can you can you can share that by with a business. And whenever you've got weaknesses or areas you need to develop, you can either start apportioning it to other members of the team. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you need some support. You need to get a new member in to help you with it. Mm-hmm. Or you can take the view that says, right, we're now going to do this the other way around. I'm now going to get you guys to perform or we'll perform a, a, um, an exercise to make sure you're all happy in the jobs, see what we can do to invest in you. Because mm-hmm. people, companies that invest in people will always get the best out of the people mm-hmm. because the team believe they're being supported. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think I've ever worked for a company when the employer said, we're going to do training or coaching or whatever, and I haven't been excited about it. Yeah. I've yeah, always sure. enjoyed it. Yeah. Because it's the company's way of saying we value you and we're going to yeah. try and help you. Yeah, you feel like being looked after. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that doesn't happen. Um, I think it, I think it's, it's tough where businesses are financially um, struggling. Mm-hmm. The irony is companies like that would benefit from it. Yeah, yeah. That's the irony. Yeah, sure. They haven't got any money, but they can't afford it. So it's, it's yeah, a... Yeah, yeah. Is a dichotomy. What's the what's the what's the term? No, I think that's right, isn't it? A dichotomy. A dichotomy. So like that, yeah. they need to invest in the people <laughs> where they can't afford it. Well, there's ways yeah. and means of of funding that. You know, through arrangements with a, a coaching business that can support you, and you can have um, either de- you know a deferred process of payment or whatever it might be. Yeah. But, but support the company, improve that it works. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But invest in people so that you then get ten people performing the 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 function of fifteen individuals yeah. because the ten people yeah. are working as a team. Nice. You know, yeah. Teamwork is key, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Making me wonder what colour I am now. <laughs> um, <laughs> try and work it out. <laughs> I think you've got, you've got, well, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it, Dan? Because, you know, my, my colour breakdown, I can tell you this, is um, in, in order, it was yellow, red, no, red, yellow, green, blue. Okay. But they're all pretty level. Right. Okay. So I had it Good done. And <laughs> the stronger you always have two that are stronger than others. Yeah. So my my two strongest colours were, and it's scaled on a one to a hundred yeah. basis. Uh, I think my red was about sixty. My yellow was fifty five. I think green was forty six, and blue was forty three or something. And but you have a you have a profile of you, not at work, and then a profile a profile of you at work. Okay. And what that does is. It actually shows what elements do you need to what they call dial up. Right. Okay. So let's just say, for example, at home, um, you have a and you have a wife at home. 
mm. and you leave her to all the detail in terms of booking holidays and paying for food or whatever it might be. She deals with all the details. So all the blue stuff, when you go home, she likes to do it. You say, that's great. Thank you very much. But when you come to work, you've got to get stuck into the detail because it's your business. Yeah. So then you see the comparison of your blue at home compared to your blue at work. Yeah. And all of a sudden at work, you've got a high blue because you've got to. Yeah. You've got yeah. to understand the detail. Yeah. It's the same with all the colors. Okay. You might employ a team of, of um, 10 people. Yeah. So at home, you've got 60 or 100 for green. Caring guy, family, wife, et cetera. Mm. You go to work. You're not that attacked. You know, I'm, 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 I'm being <laughs> hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dan has then got a low green. Yeah. And then Dan thinks, why do people keep leaving? <laughs> well, they keep leaving, Dan, because you don't share them, you care about them. All right, okay. And the green will show you that. Yeah, okay. So, and, and, and it works for all elements of the operation. Yeah. In terms of the colours against behaviours. Yeah. All it's showing you is where do you put your energy? Yeah, yeah. Do you put okay. it into detail? Do you put it into people? Do you put it into making big, bold decisions? Yeah. Okay. And it shows in the colours. Okay. The 360 review looks at you in all elements of your performance and persona. Mm -hmm. So what's he like as an individual? What's he like as a professional? What's he like as a manager? Mm -hmm. Is he supportive? Is he aggressive? Is he dismissive? Mm. And you, you get a summary and then you talk through that with the coach before, mm -hmm. before anything is shared with the team. Yeah. And invariably, um, invariably, it's not actually shared in detail with the team because mm -hmm. they don't need to know the detail. Mm. Or if something comes out of it that says, we need to make a change in the business, X, Y, Z, if you're going to listen to what the coach says, you'll make those changes mm -hmm. okay. because it'll be to your benefit to do it. Okay. And then the team, you know, you can share with the team and say, right, I've, I've had my own review done. Thank you very much, guys. Um, what it's identified is that I need to spend more time here or I need to allow you to make more decisions and, and you know, delegate more often than I do. Because yeah. you're, you're all saying that I don't delegate. Fine. Yeah. I've now got a second in command. He or she is going to do that. Yeah. Um, I need to spend more time with, with customers because I'm too much into all this detail. So there's a huge amount that comes out of it for small or medium-sized business owners. Mm -hmm. Large companies yeah, um, do employ the services of coaching, but they, t they tend to look at it as training rather than coaching. Okay, yeah. Whereas um, coaching tends to work better one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Because gotcha. you need that respect and trust. Yeah, sure, sure. And the 360 tends to be one-to-one -one with the coach and the yeah and the individual but then okay. you're sharing all these details with the full team yeah in terms of the questions yeah who might share it between them what they've said shouldn't do but sometimes yeah interesting interesting well look we've just smashed through the uh hour oh dear mark <laughs> just, no no it's good it's good. I feel like we could uh, probably sit here chatting for another hour, to be honest. Well, I, I definitely don't. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm very uh, enthusiastic about this. Yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can tell. And that's what I noticed when we first met a few months ago was uh, your, your passion and enthusiasm for yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Great. Because um, I'm sure you can be very successful. <sighs> Going I, at it, and uh, I just want to help people. I whatever genuinely, success means. <laughs> well, exactly. What what is successful? Success yeah. for me uh, will be going home at night knowing that I've helped somebody. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I don't mean that in a charitable sense. I mean in the sense that you know, if we've all got experiences of thirty or forty years of doing something, and yeah. if you can't somehow use that to your benefit or somebody else's benefit somewhere, then you individually haven't learned much of it, except you don't want to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so it's the same with this podcast, really. Occasionally someone will email me or message me saying, you know, how much they've enjoyed the episodes yeah. and got something from it, and it's like, excellent. You know, if one person... Well, that sounds, just, you know, yeah. sounds a bit kind of cliche, doesn't it? But it is like, you do feel like that, don't you? When someone contacts you, you're like, cool, one person's got something from it. That's, yeah, job done, really. Well, you did, a, you did a great job for me on the photographs. Oh, thanks. No, you Cheers. did, absolutely. And... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 when I was trying to find a, a, a photographer, I looked at 
various reviews and whatever. And then you and I spoke, and as soon as we engaged, I thought, I can definitely work with this guy. <laughs> and and yeah, you've done a fantastic you. job for me, so oh, no, it goes you. both ways. That's very kind. Well, um, people can connect with you at the website, optimuscoachingsolutions.co.uk, yep. on the LinkedIn, and on Twitter at UK Coaching and Mentoring. That's it. Hallowed uh, Twitter handle. <laughs> I was pretty cool. Well, pleased that we uh, we got it. Yeah, yeah, surprised no, if I'm honest. But <laughs> great. Cool. Well, no, thank you very much again for coming in. It's Pleasure, been uh, a lot of fun and very interesting. Yeah, I'll Likewise. see you soon. Be good for me. Thanks, Dan. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.